Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where I, Jason, tonight and sitting with my friend Kevin. Say what's up, Kevin. Hello, Jason. Hello, listeners. And Michael. Say what's up, Mikey. Hello, Jason. All right, gentlemen. Tonight, we are going to do a essential album, one of my favorite albums, and I am so shocked still to this day how good it is. And I hope you guys feel the same because I know you know. I know you don't know what it is right now, but I know you know. But we the, know it. You know the group. You know the album. And yeah. I'm going to say you know, if not nine out of the ten songs, you know all of the songs. Is it on the 1001 albums you must hear before you die? Yes. Okay. As well as the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all times. Gotcha. You so yes. I will know it, you think? I do. Okay. In fact, I would bet almost any amount of money that you do. But I'm excited. before we get there, let's do our This Is My Jam. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right, Mikey, you're up. So no real story behind this one tonight other than I really dig this tune. Okay. I'm listening to it, and it is my favorite song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <gasps> Ooh, good band. Ooh. This is called My Friends. Not the Foo Fighters. Mike, I'm embarrassed to admit I don't think I know this one. I'm not sure I do and I'm a big Peppers fan. Give this is a, your give favorite? It, give it a second. Okay, okay. Got a good range in this one. Wow, I don't know it. I don't know. I don't know what to do either. Seriously. Wow, you really stumped me. It's good. Yeah, really good. What's the name again? My friends. My friends. What album is it off of? Do you know? One one hot minute. One hot minute. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, cool. That's a good one. All right, good good job. Kev, you want to go next? Sure. All right. All right, Jason, Mike, this is my jam. Any idea yet? <sighs> no. Mikey? Nope. No. It sounds like a Kevin song, though. Does it? It really does, yes. Yep. Well, you too ish on that comes yep, part, it right? It does, hey, yeah. Yeah. I'm walking past through the traffic lights. Like it. You don't know this? Honestly, no. one of you? Should we from the vocals? Is it, is okay. it Taylor Swift? It's Taylor Swift. Is it really? <laughs> this is called State of Grace. Wow. Do you like it because it sounds like a Kevin song and it's, or are you? So it, it's definitely my favorite Taylor Swift song. Is it brand new? No, this is from the album Red. Which I remember is, Red. Yeah, well okay. over 10 years old now. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is actually from the re-record. You know, because she had to get yep. all her rights back. That's right. So yep. this is this is the re-recorded version of it that she did just two years ago. Why is this your jam? Okay. You know, I always got to have a story with my jam. I know you do. Usually I do, right? Yeah. So she's coming here to Tampa next week. Did you That's guys it. know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the Eras tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And although I wouldn't call myself a full-fledged Swifty, okay. Um, I do. I really do like her music. Yeah. And so I was lucky enough to get two tickets to the show to take my 16-year-old daughter to. Holy smokes. And I I entered the lottery. 
and made the cut to buy the tickets and got the code or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, right when they were first released. So, and and here's my dedication to my little girl. All right, <laughs> I was flying overseas to Taiwan for business that day. The tickets went on sale. Like like so when I had to actually use the code. Right. So I land in Taiwan at 10:45 on a Tuesday night, their time, and the tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. East Coast time here in the U- in the U.S. So gotcha. I had 15 minutes to spare <laughs> to get off the plane to like run my way through the Italian airport, get yeah. to customs, get through there. Um, you know, it was, it was right after quarantine there, so it was very 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 busy wow. at the Italian airport. Right, and I was able to finally navigate through, got got through customs very quickly, and got on to buy the tickets. And I'm not very technologically savvy, so here I am trying to do this on my iPhone, which is another difficult thing in itself, but I finally got them. <laughs> no kidding. So I was looking forward to the concert, right? Yeah. Taking taken Mary to it, and you know, but the inevitable finally happened. My daughter asked me about a month ago. She said, uh, Dad, oh, no. is it okay if I take my friend Hope oh, to the Taylor Swift concert? No. <laughs> she wasn't able to get tickets and she just loves Taylor and you know like I do and we're gonna have the best time singing all the songs together and I, and I know you probably won't sing dad so <laughs> no. of course my heart immediately sinks oh. and you know what not because I'm missing the concert because I didn't really have to go see Taylor Swift but I'm realizing that my little yeah. girl who she's 16 now yeah so she's okay. no longer a little girl right and she would want to go to the show with a friend rather than her lame old man <laughs> and especially that she can drive so sad yep here is another this is my jam that has me talking about how i'm lamenting my advancing age oh it's so sad so i hope her and mary if you're listening i hope you and hope have a great time at the taylor swift concert oh that's so sad all right that's that's it's a good this is my jam and you can listen to it and think of how you're missing out on that there you go (laughs) okay my turn um my this is my jam is also child related just like yours was a bit, Kev. Uh, but I'm going to tell the story to Michael because you know, Kev, a bit of this story. Okay? Mike. Yes. I'm at dinner with the family. Okay. My wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there and we're talking music. And Alex, my son, brings up this new song that he said a friend of his in school played for him. And it's right now his favorite song wow and so he played this do you know this i have an idea i didn't i didn't know it and i said this is your favorite song right now? He goes, it's amazing, Dad. It's amazing. I go, it's not, it's, it's and he, he doesn't show me who it is, what it is, or anything. He just says, listen to this. It's amazing. And I go, I, I'm not frightened of dying. It's okay. Anytime will do, I don't mind. Pink okay. Floyd? It is, it is Pink Floyd. So, this is The Great Gig in the Sky. All right? Now. As the night goes on, I go, it's good. It's definitely nowhere near Pink Floyd's greatest. He goes, no, no, no. This is one of the greatest songs ever made. And I go, listen, okay, I've done a lot of podcasts with Uncle Kevin. I go, he knows so much about Pink Floyd. And I don't even think he would put this on his top three list. He goes, no doubt about it. This is on Kevin's top three. I go, 
not a chance. Like we're arguing. Now I'm getting a little like heated about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. He goes, just text him. Okay. So I text Kevin and I go, Hey, I need your help with something. Could you please list your top three Pink Floyd songs? And Kevin responds something like, that's impossible. You can't list your top three. I go, please just do it. I'll tell you exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, it's like trying to choose between my three kids. Yeah, okay. Which one I like the best. That's exactly right. That's what he said. Okay. And I said, well, please just do me a favor and do it anyway. Okay. Number two comes back with this song, The Great Gig in the Sky. Okay. And I had bet my son. I said, there's no way it comes back. <laughs> if it comes back, I'll buy you a new Xbox. So what did my son do? He somehow navigated the internet <laughs> to find his cell phone number and texts him, please pick Great King in the Sky and put it on your top three list. So what does he do? Does he take my side and actually answer honestly? No. no. He puts not number one, not number three, but right there in the middle, number two, the Great King in the Sky. Good strategy. And I had to go to Walmart that night and buy him an Xbox. I love it. So now Alex plays good, this for me job, almost Alex. every time. So there you go. So, all right, all right. So let, wait, let me let me peel back the curtain here a little bit. <laughs> all right, for your listeners, we record multiple um, podcasts, podcasts every correct. time we're here yes, for the most correct, part, right. and we always have to bring you know this is my jam for each podcast. Right? Do you want to know what my this is my jam was going to be for the next podcast? No, it wasn't that one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh come on! Because I was going to tell the story. No kidding. And so let me add a little bit more to the story. All right, please do, because I totally stole it from so you. So you called me actually. It's a Friday night at like eight fifty right. at night. That's right. So okay. You called me. Yep. 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 I'm at Oga's Cantina, which is the Star Wars bar at Hollywood Studios, because I'm taking my eleven <laughs> year old there for his birthday to to Hollywood Studios, which is a Disney park. And it's our first time ever going to the Star Wars world, so I'm sitting there. I'm drinking like this galactic bourbon or something like that, right? <laughs> that's that's, that's colored purple. Right. And I see the call from you, and I'm like, well, first of all, the, the music's blasting in the background. By the way, I was very disappointed they did not play the Star Wars cantina theme. No, it was like all like dance music and stuff. But oh, wow. other, other than that, it was pretty cool. And so I'm like, well, I, I can't answer it. I couldn't hear anyways. And so as I'm sitting there at the, at the table, all of a sudden, I get this text from a 727 area code, which is where we live, and it says, so I get a text from a 727 area code, which is Tampa Cove, where we all live, no name, and so this person has not listened to my contacts. And the first message is, and I quote, this may seem unrelated, but you need to pick great gig in the sky, end quote. That's it. Who are you? He didn't say anything like this is Alex. This is Jason. No. Nothing. No, that's all oh. he said. Oh, and then great. his next, then his next text two minutes later because I didn't respond. I'm like, what? What is this that I'm getting? It says the Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Floyd fan. Of course I know it is. I'm going. What is going on? And then finally, two minutes later, he sends a text that says, "Is this Kevin? Oh, come on." Yeah. So I didn't respond, but then we were leaving. We were walking to the boat to go back to the hotel, and that's when I texted you because I listened to your, and then I listened to your message. And you oh, said, oh, okay. I got this bet. Right. That's right. <laughs> Listen to the message, and so, but exactly what you said. So you said I got a bet with uh, with my son, and then then I texted you. I said, okay, what's the bet? You said what it was, yeah. and then immediately, okay, that's Unbelievable. why. Believe so, so he didn't say, hey, this is Alex. By no, the way, nothing. No, wrong. All, that's, all, that's my son. That's my son. Um, but I had to be strategic about that. There was a reason I put that number two. Okay. I figured if I put it one, you're not going to believe that, right? And then three, it just seems like it's kind of like an add-on. So would you believe that? So I'm like, I'm going to put it right in the middle. Can you believe this? That's awesome. So it's a, amazing. It's a, yeah, it's a number one. It's an expensive I, night on a little bet. I, I, I picked Shine On You Crazy Diamond, yep. which is my indeed my favorite okay. Pink Floyd. Song. You had said that when we did the podcast. Yes. Yeah, number. 
number three was also true, us and them. Okay, so what is the real two? So number, the real number two, and I texted your son back after the whole thing, because as soon as, as soon as I got your text, <laughs> the first text I made to him was, I got you, Alex. Yeah, I know. He told me that. Right. He said, yeah, I got you, Alex. <laughs> so uh, no, the, the real one is, it's a song called Echoes. It's on um, the album Metal, which is the album right before Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. It's like an 18-minute, sprawling, long, yeah. jammy c- composition, which you know I love. Yep. Um, and so I even sent that to Alex. I said, that's the real number two. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but... Well, that's cool. We have kind of the same. This is my jam. So just that, picked that, a different that was, spot. That that's too jam. funny. All right. Oh, that's great. All right, let's get into it. This is going to be the essential album, and tonight I am doing Credence Clearwater Revival, Cosmos Factory. Fantastic album. Okay. All right. So you know the album, Mike. Very you well. May not recognize that you know the album, but I'm going to still say that you know every single song that, that I'm going to play. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. I, be- I believe you. Okay. So let's just have a little bit of uh, history. It was released July 8th, 1970, recorded in San Francisco on the Fantasy label. It's 42 minutes and 28 seconds in length, and it is the fifth studio album for CCR. I'm not going to go into the band too much because that's not what this podcast is supposed to be about. It's just the album itself, but I do want to say a couple things. CCR was formed in El Cerrito, California. They are a California band, a San Francisco-style band. Um, The lead vocalist, lead guitarist, and primary songwriter, of course, is John Fogarty. His brother is the rhythm guitarist, Tom Fogarty. Bassist is Stu Cook. Drummer, Doug Clifford. Um, They played under the name Blue Velvets. Did you know that? I did not know that. That was a pretty cool name. And then they changed their name to the Gollywogs. And the, uh, the name Credence Clearwater Revival, the reason I say all that is because I honestly, until doing research for this album, didn't know where they got Credence Clearwater Revival from. So Credence comes from a friend, Credence Newball, that they all had. Okay. So they took Credence. And then they saw a television commercial for Olympia Brewing Company. And on Olympia Brewing Company's beer, it says it's in the water. Clearwater. Uh-huh. So they took the Clearwater and then Revival because this was the third reincarnation of the band and they wanted to, to accentuate their commitment, this revival to what they were doing. So Greedens, Clearwater, Revival. All right. Let me ask one quick yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Because we debate this a lot in my music, uh, with my music buddies. Right. Would, would you guys bat an eyelash if somebody said CCR was the best all-time American band? They, with with very uh, short amount of time to think about the question, they would absolutely make the list of top five. Right. Okay. For sure. So not 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 out of the realm of possibility, right? No. Okay. No. And and, and some of the things I'm going to mention now, I think, support it because of just I didn't realize how prolific they were during this bit of period yeah. here. Okay. Holy smokes. Good. Um. This is like I said. This is their fifth album. In 1970, it came out. In 1969, they made three full albums. Wow, that's right. Three. And they were all amazing albums. Was Green River one yes. of them? Yeah. Okay. Um, six of this album's 11 total tracks, five of them charted on the Billboard Top 100. Yeah. The album spent nine consecutive weeks at number one and was certified platinum four times. I think it was the release of Cosmos Factory, this album in July of 1970, that really uh, solidified their, or not solidified, I shouldn't say that, 
accentuated the peak of their fame. So what I want to do is I want to go through the album and I'm going to play the songs in the order in which they, they being the band, released them as singles. Oh. That's okay. how I was going to do it. So the first song that they came out with as a single was this. I got one for one on Mikey. Yep. Okay, cool. This is Traveling Band. This is a song written about, obviously, a band traveling around and some of the headaches and heartaches and things that they have to go through to do that. Um, phenomenal. The drive on this song is absolutely fantastic. It's a great speedy blues. Yes. It's a great blues back. back they had game. some problems with this song, though. Why is that? Legally. Sounded too close to... Sounded too close to a couple of things. One, I know that you're going to know. Kevin, I'm looking at you. I was thinking that right away. It sounds like something else, too. Yeah. Well, they got sued by Little Richard because it sounded too much like Golly Miss Molly. Which I don't hear that much. It's definitely the same 1-4-5 chord progression right. for sure. Right. But this doesn't... This is such a great song. It's such a great song, but is it traveling band? I mean, I don't know. And they did have to pay royalties. They did have to. They ended up losing and had to pay royalties. And so CCR had to pay him. So does Richard Petman have a writing credit on traveling band? He has a writing credit or just took the money. I don't know the answer to that. But I will say that actually, it sounds more like "No Time" by the Monkees. Oh yeah. Did they, right? Did they have to pay Little Richard? No. For? No. No. Monkeys were totally left out of everything. Wow. That to me sounds a little bit more like it. But anyway, all right. So that was the first single that was released. What they did with this um, album with regards to releasing the singles is they actually released for the first time an A side and a B side that were both to be hits. For the like the first time in music history, the first time no, they did it. the first time they did it. Okay. I don't know if anyone else did it prior, but they literally didn't release like an A and then a B that was kind of like ah eh, whatever we'll just throw it on there. Right, right. They it was more like a double single double specifically. Single. Okay. So the other side of that um, of traveling band was this. Cool. Stop the rain. Mike, two for two? Yep, I okay. got it. <laughs> Long as I remember rain been coming down Clouds of mystery This particular single that they released as a double single, let's call it, only was able to get to number two because Bridge Over Troubled Water at the time kept them out of the number one spot. On this, on this song. This song. Yeah. And An awesome song. Did, tra- did travel and band chart? Yeah, it did. Okay. And that, yeah. Not not as high though. Not, sure, not so. as high. Yeah. Number three, the third single that they released was this "Up Around the Bend." Great opening riff, right? Yep. Yeah, really good. Three for three. Yep. I told you. I think I'm going to go the whole distance with you. I think you're going to know every one. If if somebody gave me this album and said this is um, one of CCR's greatest hits albums, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense to me. It's that good. Yeah. All right, so on the other side of Up Around the Bend was this. 
So another double single. Another double. They did three doubles. I know you're looking at me like that, Mikey, but I know you're going to know it. Just give it a minute. Yeah, you'll know. Yeah. You're a movie guy. Yep. It's in a lot of movies. Okay, I got it. <laughs> this is Run Through the Jungle. A lot of people thought this was about the Vietnam War. Fogarty explained in an interview in 2016 that it was actually about the proliferation of guns in the United States. Tom Fogarty had said this is his favorite all-time Creedence song. It's like a movie within itself with all the sound effects, and the key never changes. It's the same key. In other words, the same chord, one chord, through the whole song. It's a one-chord wonder? One-chord wonder. So far, yes. Yep. Okay. It's a cool song, though. So, do you guys? Do you guys? And again, I, I I just think it's in a movie, and I think it's like in a Vietnam, one of the Vietnam War I movies, right? right. Like, like, so, like Platoon. Yeah. Or? Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you. To me, I don't know why. Why does CCR sound like Vietnam to me? It does. Is it because of the movies? Probably. But like, I always feel that kind of vibe. Probably because I mean they were big during the war, right? Right. But is it because so, the movies are inculcating me with that? Like, just is that the soundtrack that they always play? But it sounds like Vietnam to me. I'm All sure, the songs. I'm sure some of your listeners who are much more movie skilled than I am, and I know even you guys are way more movie skilled than I am. We'll probably write in and say yes on these soundtracks, right? They were definitely on a lot of them, yep. Yep. including were they on Forrest Gump soundtrack? They were, right? Yep. Yes, yeah. they was absolutely. Can I interject? Yeah, come on. So. Obviously, I know the name CCR, right? Right. right. Um, I've known all four songs so far. Yes. But if you had asked me to name one CCR song, <laughs> really, I you would have known. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Are they just not as big of a band? I think it's like 1970s and late 60s is before kind of my genre of music. Yeah, you know. But all I know them. all these songs. Do you know them from movies, radio? What do think, you know them from? Probably more movies, but a little bit radio too. Because right? it's weird. Like these songs still play today. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. All right. Um, the next to come out was this. Guaranteed, you guys know it. One of my favorite CCR songs. Such a cool song to play, too. It's nice cut time. Yeah. And this song is about drugs. Cocaine, heroin, crazy animals, acid trip. Fogarty later said it was actually for his son and they were reading a Dr. Seuss book, but I'm going to go with drugs. Yeah, When they break it down at the end of the song and, and halftime it, oh my God, it's one oh, yeah. of my favorites. All right, Mikey, this is where it might get a little tricky. I'm okay. still going to say that you're going to know all these songs. The right. next one to come out was this. Did, Hang on one yeah, second. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Kevin, did you have this album? So, I never you had... see what it looks like? I never had the album, but what, and I was going to say to you guys... Because it's worth talking about. We should talk about it. The album it. cover? Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. But you know, you guys had talked about it in an earlier podcast. Actually, probably Mike, when you first started getting on, or actually Jason, the first po- podcast I was on, okay. 
I went to school two years before you guys did, and I left a lot of my music in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's greatest hits, Chronicle, was the name of the CD. I remember the, that the CD. One. I that remember was the CD. Definitely. I remember in the car. In the yeah. car. I remember yeah. for sure it was like it had both of their faces in large. Yes. In, right. in the very front of the thing, and then Creedence on the top. Like because I listened to it all the time in high school. These all these songs had to be on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Every, everyone sure. you played has been on there. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, the album cover is worth talking about. So. Cosmo's Factory, the name comes from Cosmo was the drummer, and he would call where they were meant to work and practice the factory because Fogarty made them practice every day. Wow. Seven days a week. This is your job. This, like, he was a bit of a battle axe kind of a guy. Yeah. So they called it the factory. And so the, it's funny because on the cover, like, one of them's on like this very 60s looking stationary bike like exercise bike there's a pair of drums in there it's just it's a very odd album cover but it's it's wonderful and they all look like lumberjacks with these big beards and yeah. what would you say the budget was for that album cover <laughs> 20, $25 it had to be a mistake that somebody accidentally took okay. that photo <laughs> alright Mikey last two uh, first one I wanted to say is did you know that they redid this song Okay, good. All right. So this version is pretty awesome. It's an 11-minute version of Heard It Through the Grapevine. And it's great. It's got a great jam. It really does. It really, really, really does. They used to do this live. Sorry, Kevin. They used to do this live. And would really spend a lot of time noodling around and kind of jamming and just filling it with really cool solos, which these guys did really well. But they do a really good job with this, I think. So it had to be after Marvin Gaye's cover, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. Did Elvis ever cover this? Just, just curious. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. No, he did not. Nor did he write any of his songs. All right, we'll just get that out there. But this is really good and worth exploring. So there was two songs on the album that really they didn't keep to that radio three minute three to four minute kind of a thing this was one of them the other one and the song that i'm gonna go out with is track one where they open up well you're looking at me like you know it yeah they open up the album with this song but i'm i'm wondering if mikey's gonna know it this is my only wild card one i'm excited i'm not sure he will i will tell you though yeah this is my favorite song on the the, album oh so, so here's the thing on this particular song when it came out Everyone said, I shouldn't say everyone, all of the critics said, this album is great except for this first song. It's a terrific song. And it's unbelievable. And maybe it has aged better through time than it was at the time in 1970 when it came out. Because I agree with you. Maybe all the other ones have been a bit overplayed or I know them so well. But now when I hear this song in its entirety and what they do and how he explores and goes different places, I freaking love it. You know what I'm guessing? For the time, it was probably a strange song to maybe. open with. Yeah, right? maybe you're It right. would have been a better middle or like towards the, the oh, Or the last of, song. Right, yeah, right. To go out with it, it. I think it's a strange opener, but it's a fantastic song. And I knew the song before I knew its title. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the title. It's Ramble Tamble. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay, I'm going to play it for you. Tell me if you know this. It's got a lengthy instrumental section, a lot of tempo changes, and Fogarty's guitar solo 
is considered one of the hundred greatest of all time. I did. Good though. Uh, it's good, yeah. It's, it's rocking. Yeah. It's cool. So, anything else, Kev? Before we- I, and I didn't know the song until I went to college and I bought Cosmos Factory on vinyl. Did you? And that, that, that's the first time I ever heard it. It's the first time I spun it. And I was like, this song is so good. And maybe you need to like hear it in its entirety and see yeah. where it goes and then to really appreciate it even more. Absolutely. But, isn't that amazing? All of those hits are on one one album. It's all really good, isn't it? I'm gonna take a shot and see if you know this one. Do you know this? This is the album closer, Not and yet. I and I think it's a great way to close an album. It's a yep. softer, more somber, beautiful song. Put a in the it's on the greatest hits. This is Long As I Can See the Light. And this has been Cosmos Factory by CCR. I love it. You like it? I don't know it. You don't know it? it. It's great. This is a great tune. And with that, we will say thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.